Hello, hello, and welcome to this episode of Divine Downloads. I'm your host, Elizabeth Overton, and today, as usual, I'm so, so, so excited about this conversation. It's going to be amazing. Today on the show, I have the pleasure and honor of having Miss Numa Harrison on the show. She is a Zambian-born, internationally raised and educated healthcare practitioner, thought leader, philanthropist, and rising entrepreneur. Her professional experience includes 20 years of experience as a clinician at some of the busiest and most prestigious emergency and trauma centers in the United States. In addition, Numa has accumulated over 15 years of experience educating and training nurses for entry into the workforce. Numa holds an executive master's in leadership degree from Georgetown University, McDonald School of Business, a Bachelor of Science in Nursing from Howard University, and certificates from both John Hopkins and Harvard University. So over the last few years, Numa has grown increasingly intrigued and in understanding healthcare beyond patient bedsides and beyond country borders. She's an active follower of current news and initiatives in global health and development and enjoys pursuing opportunities to learn and contribute her knowledge and experiences. Numa is the founder of the Association of Zambian American Nurses, the AZAN, and a proud advisory board member for the RISE Zambia Scholarship Foundation, as well as WACRIA, the Organization for Women and Children's Rights in Africa. Oh my goodness, Numa, welcome to the show, young lady. <laughs> I love it. I love it so much. Thank you so much for having me. It's so entertaining to, um, you know, to write your own bio and to have someone like you read it. It's so entertaining. It's so fascinating. It's so intriguing. Like I'm intrigued by my own life. So I'm like, wow. <laughs> Right. It's so, um, a lot of times I feel like there's some surreal moments, right? When you have your life's work like reflected back to you, right? It's a little, because I feel like sometimes we're so close to our own work that, that sometimes we don't take the time to acknowledge and to really, really take it in. So please, 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 obviously, um, you know, in the introduction, so much to learn about you, Numa. Um, and I just want to remind people the whole purpose of this show is for it to be relaxed and fun and entertaining and inspiring and empowering. And I want to show nurses what's completely possible. Like I want, I want us to be evidence for any nurse that's listening, anybody in nursing school, even, even if you're not a nurse. Um, I know many people say that they find it, you know, lots of nuggets in this show. So I would love for you to share with our listeners, um, Numa, as much or as little of your journey about sort of you know, where you started, um, where you are now, and kind of where you're headed. Oh, wow. Um, let's see. But this is good. This is fun because I think that there's always a life and there's always texture beyond, um, you know, what, what a bio might read or what your resume reads. There's always like the subtle in between, which sometimes are like the things that like people resonate with the most or are really intrigued by. Um, so I think to just complement everything that you already have said, um, I was born in Africa, I was raised in Africa, and I was there until just about the end of high school. So while I came to the United States young, I had still very much lived and experienced and loved many different parts of Africa um, and really developed many identities in, in different parts of the continent, you know, as a girl, um, figuring out who my place was in the world, understanding my relationship to different parts of the world. Um, so a lot of that, you know, had been established and formed or was in deep formation already by the time that I moved to the United States. But then I was still young. So I was still in high school, you know, getting close to the end of high school when I moved here. So I'm grateful that it happened at that point in my life because I... I was made already. I was made an African girl, an African, you know, young woman, but there was still so much more in the making and there was still so much room in my life to, to have new ideas formed, to learn new things, to learn new, a new country, a new way of living. Um, so I'm really grateful for the way that my life worked out and because now I really do think of myself and I see myself um, 
as truly a global citizen. I really have at this point spent more time in the United States than I have in Africa. But again, my foundation very much is, is rooted in Africa and my adulthood and my adultness is rooted in the United States. Um, so I say all of that to say that so much of that personal, my life experience, my family experiences have shaped a lot of like who I am and what it is that I am doing or where I'm going with my career now. I graduated high school in Cambridge, Massachusetts. Um, very proud Cambridge and Latin graduate. Um, went to nursing school at Howard University in Washington, DC, and that was a great experience. I always kind of knew that I was going to be a nurse, even in, in the moments when I was denying that and saying I was gonna to go to med school, then I was gonna become a philosopher, then I was gonna become all these other things. I always knew, like the core of me always knew that I was heading towards nursing uh, because it's always what I gravitated towards in terms of my mentors. Those are the people that I looked up to, including my mother who's a nurse. Um, but it also in terms of just internships and other like, you know, peri-education opportunities, always kind of found myself in nursing. So that's what I did. And I graduated and I became a nurse. I went straight into the emergency room. That's where I started my nursing career. It's where I still practice to this day. And 19 years in, I still love it. The emergency room still keeps me alive in many ways. It keeps me active. I still feel challenged when I go in there. I'm still curious about you know the things that I'm seeing, the things that I'm learning. But certainly, you know, after all these years, I, I'm, I've become increasingly curious about what's next, right? Or how we can do certain things better or not just fixing people in terms of band-aids and medications, you know, antibiotics or whatever people need um, or teaching at the bedside, but thinking about how I can contribute as a healthcare provider, practitioner, as a healthcare leader, beyond the bedside, you know, really in the communities. And like you were saying in the bio, beyond even country borders. So now this extends past Washington, DC, past the United States, and actually is very much leading me back to Africa where I grew up because certainly there's great needs there. Um, but I'm curious about just, instead of just reacting to medical problems, really figuring out how we can build better systems, how we can empower nurses um, to want to, be in this environment to claim their, their place at the table, if you will, um, how we can create better experiences for patients in the healthcare setting. So these are the things now that I'm really, really curious about. And it, I just feel like it's all coming full circle. You know, I started in Africa on my long road back to Africa. And I started thinking I wanted to be a philosopher. I'm, I guess now becoming very much in my own head, a healthcare philosopher, because I'm very curious about the what and the why and how different things interact and play out together. So yeah, so I hope that, <laughs> that helps. Wow, I was totally getting angel bumps when you were talking about, like mm -hmm. I'm very visual, so I'm getting like this woman, I'm getting you like walking down this like dirt road and you're like, it's like all of your life experience Experience mm. in Africa and then you come here and you have such a rich um, experience working in the ER and then it's like you're it's like you're walking back to Africa mm. and you're bringing it's like you're you're literally a global citizen and you're leaving these footprints of yeah. of who you are and you're and you're being this and mm. what an incredible um, what an incredible contribution to your home and to the people. And I love how I too am a very, very curious. And I, I love this idea of, you know, you're a philosopher and it's about, um, you know, in yoga, there's a term um, always come with a beginner's mind. Mm, yeah. I love that. Right. Mm -hmm. And it's like, it's, it's when we become complacent. It's when we stop asking the why it's when we yeah. stop uh, becoming uh, curious that, I mean, because the human need is you, you're either evolving or dying. So uh, thank you so much for sharing that part of your story. What, when was it that you decided uh, to go and to get your, um, your master's in leadership? leadership? Was that sort of uh, catapulted by your curiosity in the healthcare scene? Or what, what was sort of the impetus for that? Um, yeah, so it's, it's an interesting story because I it I 
I always knew, you know, my dad had been preaching, preaching to me for a hundred years about, you know, the need to go back to school and to, to get my master's and to keep, you know, keep learning, like he was saying. Um, and not because he wasn't proud of what it was that I had accomplished or what it was that I was doing, but I think he always knew that there was more in me and there was, all more, there was more learning. And he always knew that the opportunities would, would increase if I also like stepped up and increased my knowledge and my, my credentials and I increased everything. So I think my dad always, he always had foresight and he always knew that I was going to eventually have to venture out into the world and do some more things. And he wanted to make sure that I was well prepared for that. So he had been pushing and, you know, nudging me to his, back to his grad school for a while, but I resisted for a long, long time. And I resisted just because I was very happy. Um, with my bachelor's of science in nursing, I had a great career. I had lots of career options. I was teaching, I was um, working as a career coach. I was, you know, creating programs. I was doing just so much. I was making a good enough living to sustain myself. So in many ways I got comfortable, right? Um, and then something happened. I got comfortable and then I, Again, this little this little ping in the back of my head always just told me that I, I, I had great ideas. You could do more. You could contribute differently. So then I started just kind of like developing these programs. If I, if I saw a need in the community, if I had seven high school students all coming to me and saying, hey, will you be my mentor? Will you be my coach? I love what you're doing in nursing. I look up to you. I was like, you know what, this is way too many students to be mentoring one-on-one. How about we just start a program? How about we do a summer program where we can deliver all this information, right? So I'd come up with an idea for something like that. Um, if I got on social media and I was making all these friends and I was connecting with all these amazing nurses from all over the country and learning all of their amazing stories. And then I was just like, you know what, I would love to meet these people in real life. I'd like to turn some of these interactions into real human interactions and I was like what better way to do it that's just kind of go to different cities and meet up with these people so I came up with a brand new idea to do something I called nursing rounds um and nursing rounds would take me city to city and I would literally just show up and we could all get together have brunch we could talk about you know nursing and nursing careers and keep each other motivated and I was on a roll right and I was doing really well with coming up with ideas, creating the platform, mobilizing people around ideas, making it happen, posting it to social media and everybody's clapping and everyone's excited and everyone's inspired. And then that would just kind of like trigger the next thing, the next thing. Um, but then very quickly, I started finding myself making a lot of advances in that way. But then struggling with the startup costs of everything or start struggling with making sure that things were sustainable so if we did a great program this year could I do it again next year or if I was in one city doing nursing rounds you know it and I had a goal of doing the next nursing rounds three months later sometimes it would be six months later sometimes it would be eight months later because life would just happen and then because it was just me doing it I was accountable to nobody except myself so I'd just be like okay let that go we'll do something else in the meantime so I found myself getting very, very busy, successful to my peers in a lot of ways. You know, you're getting all the applause, you're getting all the social media likes, you're getting opportunities to do different things, you know, to be a brand ambassador here, to be an influencer here. Um, but I just, I saw that things were just not sustaining themselves. You know, they were not sustainable. Things were not growing. I woke up one day and I was just like, what do I have to even show for what I've done? Or if I don't do it, or something happened to me tomorrow, would this program still be here, right? So I started to ask myself these kinds of questions. Um, and I had to start looking internally at myself. Mind you, at the time too, it just so happened that I was working at Johns Hopkins University at the time. And I worked a lot with new, new nurses. So people coming into the nursing profession for the first time, they were not young. This was not their first degree. This was a second degree nursing program. So um, young men and women who were coming into nursing for the first time, excited about it, ex excited about what it was I could teach them. They could learn from me. Um, and I loved being on that end of it. And, you know, when they're young, they're fresh, excited. I would be there for open house. I'd be there, you know, on orientation day. I'd be there at their graduation. And then very quickly, over like a year, 
or two in, I started seeing the same students who yesterday were just, you know, new to the program, tomorrow graduating, and then they're going on and getting the next degree. And I found myself like still in the same space, right? And I was just like, wait, what is it that I'm doing? Like, how am I inspiring and motivating all these young people to go after their very best selves, right? How am I pushing them and edging them and pushing them to explore and find the best careers for them or better job opportunities or, you know, push for a different degree and I'm helping them mold and create the best lives for themselves, but I wasn't really giving myself the same kind of attention, right? Or they would come to me as an advisor for the different student interest groups and they'd be like, here's our plan, here's how we'll organize it. And I'm like, here's how you can better organize that idea. But I wasn't really applying the same kind of advice or knowledge to my own personal life. I wasn't applying it certainly in terms of going back to school and improving myself. I wasn't applying the same strategies to what's organizing, facilitating ideas, making sure that things are you know, um, sustainable or organized in a way that the next group can come in and take over and keep things going. So it's very eye-opening. I just woke up one day and I was like, what am I doing? <laughs> um, and I really had to dig deep and I had to look inside of myself and to have an honest conversation, you know, about where the gaps were in my own life, where the gaps were in the projects that I was doing, looking around at what other people were doing and being successful in many ways, even the ones who were not, you know, on the stage or giving the speeches or having all the little social media likes or were not being called influencers, but they were still making really important moves and still doing things that I could learn from. And I recognized then that I needed to take a step back. I needed to kind of pull away from the limelight. I needed to get out of the doing phase and get back to the thinking and planning and understanding and the learning phase. So just like you were saying, always coming with a beginner's mind. I think I had gotten too far ahead in my own world and in my own profession as an expert, right? And that's what I very much became. I became the expert. And it's great to be that and it's great to be celebrated in that way. But I was wasn't thinking of myself enough as a beginner and there was a lot that I needed to learn and then coincidentally I think I found this ad on LinkedIn about this executive master's in leadership program at Georgetown and I looked it up and everything in the curriculum seemed like everything that I needed to learn I always felt like I was born a leader but for the first time in my life I was accepting that I needed to learn leadership as well and I needed to learn how to do it well I needed to learn how you know what evidence-based leadership looked like I needed to learn how to lead teams how to truly motivate people um, I needed to learn cost and profit like all these things I didn't learn in nursing school so I took a leap of faith I applied I was really nervous about it because I wasn't sure how I would fit in this very business environment um, as a nurse, as someone who really knew health systems and knew medicine really well, but didn't really know business language really well. But so I took a leap of faith, I applied, but I did just apply. I spent probably close to a year researching this program and going to every open house. I started becoming my own students, the students that I was looking up to. And I remembered everything that they did when they had a goal and they were driven and determined to get into Hopkins. I decided I was gonna apply the same thing and get into my dream school as well. I did it, I got in, I had an amazing experience. Um, I barely posted, people actually thought I had disappeared off the face of the earth while I was in school, but that's just because I got really busy, not just with schoolwork, but really just kind of going back and digging in and going inward for a change. Um, and going back to, to the beginning, going back to learning for a change. Okay, I, I, I have tweetables in these shows and this was the tweetable. I love it. I always say that we need to, you know, it's like when I talk to you sometimes, it's like when people say great things, I'm like, you're right. Let's tweet them. Let's tweet Seriously. them. Let's talk to them. Yes. So this, uh, this concept of, um, now, now I didn't quite catch all of it, but it was about, mm -hmm. um, I became the students, um, I became the students, um, something about, you know, the, you, you became, um, like the person, like those students were looking up to you, you became her. Mm-hmm. Mm -hmm. I mean, um, first of all, I just want to I'm the queen of permission. Yeah. And I'm also the queen of acknowledgement. So I just mm. I just want to take this moment to acknowledge you oh, for you. your humility. Mm. 
for all of the people you have influenced mm-hmm. and and for you know having uh, the vulnerability and the courage to say you know what this isn't working for me and <laughs> instead of jumping through somebody yeah. else's hoops i'm i'm like going to look in the mirror and i'm going to do what i need to do for mm-hmm. my growth because you yeah. because people do look up to you and you are a leader and it's like uh people don't know uh, what people are going through behind closed doors, right? And so yeah. for people to, that are hearing this mm-hmm. and they're like, wait, what? Like, you know, all the feelings that you were having and the thing with the the programs that you were taking, the nurse rounds. I mean, um, again, I just I just think it's important to acknowledge um, the work that you've done and the, and the people yeah. that you have influenced because you have and you are and yeah. you continue to do that. I appreciate that. I appreciate that. And I, I recognize that in myself and I, and I celebrate it and I don't um, undervalue what it was that I brought to this space and how it is that I brought it. And I'm always grateful for people like you or, you know, my mentees who still call me today or who still tag me in a post and, and thank you for what it was that I did, because I, I, I recognize that that means something and that these that everything that we do, the world is watching and people are watching and someone is looking to learn from you. So it means a lot to me that even in a time when I was not at my best, and I don't think I will ever be at my best, because now I hope that I'm always working towards a better self, that even when I was recognizing that I could be doing something far better, that it still carried weight. And that's, that's inspiring to me, right? Because I think if I could do that much, then imagine how much more I can do when I'm really, really focused and grounded and strategic. So I think I'm like really looking forward to like, what's next? I'm like, Numa Harrison, what more can you do? Like that was you just kind of winging it, you know, on a prayer and, and passion. <laughs> right. So um, good. So like, yeah like like what more can you do what more can you do with just kind of like drowning out the noise and being really specific and really committed to something and really being consistent and really making sure that before you step into a room and you're looking for an audience to applaud that you are proud of the work you do and you can stand by it 152 percent before anybody else has to right um so yeah, I'm excited. I'm excited. Now it's, it's, you know, it's purpose, prayers, passion, strategy, knowledge, evidence, you know, like, let's go, let's do this. I'm ready. Go. So good. Okay. So now I want to ask you, Numa, what, um, what has going through that master's program, mm. what, what did that experience allow you to become? Hmm. I think it allowed me, it allowed me, it really did. It, it really gave me permission for, you know, for the first time in a long time to just get back into the student seat, right? To get back on the receiving end of the conversation, to get back to, to doing more listening than I am talking. You know, I, I got very comfortable with always being the person who showed up in the classroom at Hopkins and I would, my students would be there and I'd get in front of the room and give a presentation, right? But now here I was on the receiving end of people's knowledge. So, you know, just by virtue of like going back to school and being a student, like I was a student in every way. And I had, it allowed me to be a student, not just in the classroom, but just also a student of life, right? Um, and by doing that, I think it, it really allowed me to open up and to allow myself to receive information from new places, to read things that I probably would not have read. Um, it was a fantastic program, and we were a cohort of 30-something. I think we were 30, exactly 30 students. But to be in a classroom and to be the nurse in the class or in the group and to be there with a, a fellow physician, um, my classmate, Veronica, who's a nephrologist, to be in there with two FBI agents, to be in there with a basketball coach, to be in there with, you know, someone who is a chaplain, someone, I mean, just to really be in there with a bunch of creatives and a, a group of very different people really allowed me, I think, to think about learning and learning from different people to understand the value of diversity in teams, but also 
being the only nurse, I was in a room full of nurses or people talking nursing anymore. So it really also forced me to own what it was that I knew. I felt and I actually worried that by going to business school, um, I was going to have to shed my nursing identity. But this environment really allowed me to own it and to own it fully, to give it credibility, but also to learn how to tailor my knowledge and my insights and my experiences to different audiences. Because it's very different from when you're in nursing school and you're speaking to other nurses and your faculty members are nurses, right? Your room and everyone speaks the same language. We started this conversation talking about me growing up in different countries and in different parts of the world. And it's very much the same thing. It's like you have an identity, but as you move through life and you're surrounded by different people, how do you adapt but still maintain a good sense of who you are? Right. So this allowed me to do that and to reuse that muscle. Again, it's it's not about like, you know, losing an identity or getting a new identity. It's really about strengthening who you are, but allowing the room for other people's experiences and knowledge to add to you. Um, I had to Girl. get back to working in teams, you know, and doing schoolwork and projects and everything in teams. And that has completely transformed how I see leadership. And I completely can't even imagine before when I was doing everything, it was Numa's idea, Numa's executing, let's go, right? But now it's just like, I can't do this without a team. And I don't want to do this without a team because I recognize that everything is just that much better with a team, but it's not enough to just have a team. It's about how you make people feel when they're on the team, how you get people to buy into an idea, how you nurture your team, how you support, how you empower those teams. Um, so yes, one year in school. Girl, I can, can you feel the vibes coming through the airways? Ah, so, I can. It's, it's so good. good. Okay. Okay. It's so, good. so many things to unpack in this conversation. Mm. Okay. So I love what you said. Doing this program allowed you to open up to receive new information, you know, from different yeah. people. And I love this idea that the words silent and listen mm. have mm. the exact same letters. Mm -hmm. And so I truly believe also that it's when we listen to understand versus mm. listen to respond. Yeah. Right. And what you're saying is you owned what you knew as a nurse. And, and I, and I also love this idea of like, who, like, who are we without our quote identity? Who are we without our labels and our material possessions? Like at our core, uh, like, who are we really? And to me, when you're speaking, I'm totally getting the Gary Vee vibes when you're talking about the teams and, and really being able to honor each person on the team. Whereas before, maybe it was more like the NUMA show. And now it's like yeah. the team show. And yeah. yeah, that's so powerful. Yeah. Yeah, it is. It is. And no, it, it, it's powerful. It's exciting because I think what, you know, again, it's, it's when, when it's the teen show, people get worried that sometimes they are, their brilliance will get lost in that group, right? But I think it only shines that much more because whatever you're good at gets shared with the rest of the team. So that actually gets exposed to other people and they carry out those values as well, right? And whatever they're good at becomes a credit to you as well. So it's like everybody's better that way, you know? Um, Absolutely. Yeah, so it's good. It's good. So I want to know, it, you've already shared a couple of these throughout our conversation. Wow. Now, um, so the show is called Divine Downloads. Mm -hmm. And I love to ask people, to me, a download is when you're in this mind, body, spiritual heart space where you, you have spoken to this, the whole conversation, you have been able to open yourself up, right? So to me, a download is when you, you receive this information, this wisdom that prior to, to whenever you, you maybe weren't in a position to receive it. And then once you receive it, Numa, you're, you're a changed human. Like you don't put your pants mm -hmm. on the same way. You don't mm -hmm. interact with others the same way. And, um, Many people have many of these, but is there one, I mean, you've already shared many, I believe, but mm -hmm. is there one in particular that, um, that you think is relevant to share that you'd like to share with the listeners? Um, 
I would say that it's really uh, the the one biggest download, the one biggest thing, well, the couple actually, and like you said, I have a couple, but I think it's really about slowing down and slowing down, I think, in this world that we live in and this time that we live in requires a lot of courage, right? Um, it requires a lot of courage because everything around us is moving so fast. Everything is constantly changing. There's so much pressure to keep up, to learn the new algorithms, to make sure you keep up with the numbers, to make sure you keep up with everything. But I have learned and I've come to appreciate the value of slowing down, the value of um, really being inward facing and doing the work inward first. Um, as a person, really asking yourself, am I happy? Does this make sense to me? Am I proud of this work? Is this really what moves me and motivates me? Is this really what I'm getting excited about? Or is the rest of the world kind of driving that for me, right? Um, do I really like this outfit? Do I like this hairstyle? I'm like really, really simple things. And I think that in this world where these, we have all have access to so much information and you know, and, and can see it in numbers, you know, where 500 people are wearing their hair like that, or 500 people like this picture, but only two like this picture. I think it's important to go inward and to get quiet and to really get back to the core of what moves us. Because I really think that within each one of us, there's magic there. We have talents that are very innate to, to all of us that nobody else in the room has. But I think it's very easy to overlook those talents when you're paying attention to what everybody else is is hashtagging and, and doing. And all of a sudden you find yourself replicating, not really innovating, right? Even it's with, with your own skills or with your own gifts. So you're really just trying to be like everyone else versus actually contributing to what everyone else is doing. Um, so looking in with as an individual, but also looking inward as, as an organization, as a profession. I think that, again, in this whole journey inwards, I've, it, it's forced me to look at like nursing and say, well, what are we doing? You know, and for so many of the things that we complain about and we gripe about how much of that has been self-created or how much of that um, can we solve on our own without waiting for other professions to validate us or to solve for us, you know? Um, as, as an African woman, like what are the things that are happening on the continent? How can I be a part of that solution, right? Instead of like looking at like who's to blame for where we are right now and is it the government, is it the donors, is it the, it's just really about like looking inwards and like looking again for your power even on a, on a very macro, very big organizational level. Um, so that has been very eye-opening and the need to do that, but I think I can't say enough that it, it requires a certain level of courage. And even as I go out now and I attend a bunch of different events and put myself in rooms that I'd never put myself into before, because again, I am learning. I'm learning a lot about global health. I'm learning a lot about global development. I'm learning who the big organizations are, you know, in this space and who the players are in this, the big players are in this space or the big voices are in the space. And I'm learning and I'm trying to understand what people are talking about and what they're talking about and how they're talking about it. But so many of the people that I find myself constantly drawn to or whose work I'm constantly drawn to are the people who I believe have been courageous with speaking truth to things and having the courage to try something new or to do something differently or to step out of the box and to lead in a certain way, to ask particular questions. So courageous leadership, you know, is, is, is at a personal level and also at an organizational level is one of like the biggest things that I have gotten, you know, in this experience is like the need to be courageous um, and to trust that the accolades, the likes, the ability to influence the masses, like those things will come and those things will wait for you and they will actually be that much greater because it's, it's been done right, right? It won't be temporary. Like you have to trust that and you have to believe that um, because we want the celebrations to be long lasting, but we also, our work also needs to be long lasting. So those things kind of go together. So more than anything, it's just courage. I can't say that enough or in enough ways. Girl, you are speaking my language now. Mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs> Okay, so obviously, you know, Brene Brown, 
I'm sorry. I said, obviously, you know, Brene Brown, right? I do. I do. I was going to say, I know her well, but then she would dispute that. She'd be like, no, I've actually never met this woman. <laughs> I okay, know this, her work well. Yeah. This is a total tweetable. <laughs> of course I know Brene. We had lunch yesterday. Of course. She totally tweetable. We had lunch yesterday. <laughs> okay. So this tweetable is slowing down, takes courage um, in today's world. And, you know, like she's totally, totally, totally. Um, like I'm thinking of, you know, what she says about like, you know, unless you're in the ring, don't, don't even think about slinging mud my way because I, it's only when you are courageous and vulnerable yes. that, that the power comes. It's, it's the people that are often the most quiet are the most powerful. And mm -hmm. as a recovering perfectionist, mm -hmm. I cannot tell you the depth in which once I overcame um, this silly story that I was a perfectionist and I, and I mm -hmm. released that, I liberated it because now yeah. I say that it's just a complete cop out to not have the courage to fully, fully like take the leap. And even if you suck, show up and suck. That's what we say in yoga, show up and suck, like show <laughs> up and do the thing. And that yeah. uh, it's, it's the total vulnerability and courage that, that brings the power and the liberation. So this idea of, um, replicating, not innovating. I mean, mm -hmm. to me, a comparison is the ultimate thief of joy. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. It is, it is for sure. And in our it culture, is. it's everybody's looking at everybody else. And however, yeah. when we get, I love so much what you said, when you said it's really about slowing down, doing the inner work, because here is a newsflash PSA for everybody that's listening. It's in those moments, y'all, mm -hmm. that you get the downloads. Yes. You have to be still for a hot minute. And when you're still, all the things line up, mind, body, spirit, soul, source, whatever you call your higher power, they get in alignment. And when you are in alignment, like you were saying, like, does this really resonate with me? Is this something that mm -hmm. I like, whether it's your hair, your dress, or, or mm -hmm. your profession? Um, it is you can't even make up how much power somebody has when they're in total alignment. Yeah. So, for sure, for sure. so, and I so think good. that there's a, there's a fine line because, you know, it's interesting when you were talking about like being a perfectionist because I, previously I, I, I never thought of myself as a perfectionist, right? I certainly knew a lot of people that I regarded as perfectionists, and I surprised myself of the fact that I wasn't, right? Um, and I think that I've come to a new middle here, where I've come to a new middle. So what I was doing before was, I think, in um, maybe in an effort to prove that I wasn't a perfectionist, I would come up with an idea, and I would just go do it, right? Um, but I think in slowing down, I think I've found that there's perhaps a space between being a perfectionist and somebody who has an idea and sits on it for a hundred years until everything is perfectly lined up and everything is perfectly done. And knowing that that day never comes because in a perfectionist world, like the work is never really all done. Nothing will ever be perfect. We know that that to be true, but there's a fine line between jumping out too quickly and taking too long, right? So I think that it's about balance. You know, you were talking about like yoga. I think what we're striving to achieve here is a balance, a balance between having an idea or, you know, having the passion and the ambition and the drive to do something and then doing it quickly without really much thought or without much organization, without much research, um, and then waking up and wondering why it wasn't sustainable. And that's kind of like where I was before. So now I'm kind of on this other side where I can sometimes find myself shifting too far to the other end where I'm spending so much time building, quietly building, quietly organizing, you know, obsessing and making things aligned up. Um, and when I have those moments and I've caught myself doing that where I'm like, absolutely not, don't put, make the website live, like absolutely not, we're not launching until this is perfect. Because I've learned so much now about like the value of organization and thinking through details and making sure things actually make sense, right? But in those moments when I find myself going too far right, guess what I have? I have a team of people now to be like, yes, Nima, that's great, but we need to go. 
right? And because I value them, because I understand that this is no longer the Newman show, this is our show, I listen to them differently. And I'm like, you know what? You're absolutely right. Let's go. We can edit as we go. So I think it's really just about that balance, but how you achieve that balance, you know, a lot of it also like the easiest way to do that and the easiest way to keep yourself accountable and you can balance is to keep yourself, you know, surrounded by good people, the right people, the people you call your team personally or professionally. So this is trending as the year of yes. Mm. So when you're talking, I'm just thinking of, um, I was just at the National Nurses and Business Conference in Vegas yes. and mm -hmm. love Donna Cardillo, the yes. inspiration nurse. And yes. she said, she, I, I've heard her say this for years and I love it because, and I, now I'm not going to get it exactly right, but basically the essence is this, say yes, uh, panic, mm -hmm. freak out for a minute and, and then figure it out. And figure, figure it, out. it out. Figure it out. Because yes. when we... Um, and I really try to live from this place of, um, since I'm sort of liberated myself from this, you know, tendency to get it, get everything just right or not do it at all. It, having it done is way better than nothing because it just is right. And so mm -hmm. it's this, um, it's getting out of this habit of, um, bothering myself with the how, mm -hmm. Right, which is where that perfectionist tendency, yeah. or like when you start to question, like when we give ourselves more than a little bit of time when we're trying to say yes to something, that's where the ego kicks in. It's like these are all the reasons this won't work. It's like that quote, you know, how about instead of, um, you know, something about if you, you know, if you jump, well, what if you could fly? Like instead of focusing mm, on what if you yeah. fall, like what if you yeah, could actually fly? It's like what if I fall? But darling, what if you fly? Right? Like, yeah. yes, it, it, mm. it's like, um, and this totally happened to me when I, um, last fall, I, I was at my favorite lake and I got my download. I was supposed to write my Oracle deck, the divine downloads. And I'm like, mm. Mm, okay, first of all, I've never, I've never received a message from spirit before. Like this has never happened. I'm 47 years old. And I was like, I was just like, whoa this is this is cool okay and so then i started bothering myself with how like okay well typically an oracle deck has 52 cards like am i gonna do like do i do the elements do i do the days of the week do i do like the, the body systems and then it was like spirit said just go back to the lake just go back yeah. to the lake and they're like uh just start dictating into your phone just some words that have been mm. helpful to you and so so, so that part happened. And then I got into the, like, you know, when you're trying to establish your voice in the world, it doesn't matter if you're writing an Oracle deck, a book, a speech, your demons will come out in full force because yeah. again, imposter syndrome, who am I, who's going to read this, who's going to want mm -hmm. this. Mm -hmm. And, um, so anyway, you have to work through all that. And then when you do, it's like, are you serious? This is the coolest thing ever. So when we can park the, the how to the side and just mm -hmm. lean into, I love reverse engineering. Like what is the outcome I'm looking for? What, what is the service I'm trying to provide? Um, exactly. So much more fun to hashtag duh. Yeah. <laughs> no, 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 no. That's absolutely perfect. That's going to say that's absolutely perfect. But yes, it is. It's per perfect, but it's also purpose driven that way. Right. Um, and you let your purpose guide you, you let your purpose guide you, uh, and you work out the rest, you work out the rest. And I think that there's something to be said for that because you never know what needs to be fixed. It's the same thing. You know, we have this conversation in global development all the time. It's like, you can get $3.4 million to fund a particular project, right? In a part of the world. And you can have a great idea, but you really don't know if it's going to work, or if it even makes sense until you actually start to do it. So there's some value in, in like really dreaming big, right? Um, and dreaming big and starting small and just figuring it out and figuring out where your kinks are and figuring out what needs to be remedied or how you can adjust and just being agile and open enough to say, that's not working. This is working. And that's how you get to big impact, right? Um, and this is all bar borrowed from a book that I'm still currently reading. It's called Lean Impact. 
great book, but she just talks about this again, about like how it is that we can really, really, I'm repeating myself here because it's worth repeating, but really, really have big dreams for the things we want to do with our lives, the things we want to do in communities, the things we want to do as professionals. Um, dream big, start small and just make impact. Like that needs to be your goal. Like just do it, do it, get started, do it, figure it out, iron the kinks out as you go. Um, but just really making sure that like you, you're being attentive and you're paying attention to what the true needs are, your needs and the needs of other people, you know, sustainability, you know, if you start this bullet, will this be able to carry itself and keep going tomorrow? Are you going to be able to keep up this pace tomorrow? Um, so yes, I think all of these things are absolutely aligned. And I think that's the beauty in all of this is that so many times, to go back to again the, the beginning of our conversation early when we was when I was talking about like what wasn't working for me so much of what wasn't working for me with my programs and ideas and projects and platforms wasn't also working for me personally as a person right and once you start to get yourself right everything else kinds of flows right so a lot of our successes are not just limited to just work. If you know, if you're successful as a whole, as a person, as a being, successful as a leader, that allows you to be more successful in bigger spaces. If I can figure this out right and I can get it right here in this space in my city, USA, then there's a better chance that I can get it right in other spaces, in other countries, in other places. Um, because those things about those qualities about being a, a good leader, the the qualities of a good leader, excuse me, those things carry over, whether it's at the bedside or, you know, in a boardroom or beyond the borders, you know, it's like these things are transferable. These things go with us. When we're whole, we go with our whole selves everywhere we go. Um, so yeah, I'm excited. I'm excited. There's still a lot of things, you know, you had mentioned Azan in my bio, which is the Association of Zambian American Nurses. I think for me now, it's really just about, again, going back to creating programs and platforms and opportunities for other people to learn, to be empowered um, in the healthcare space in nursing. But I'm really, really obsessed now with creating programs and platforms that are going to be meaningful, again, that are going to be sustainable, that will exist way after I'm gone, and that will continue to serve people. And whatever it is I learn about leadership, I'm passionate about making sure that I am actually teaching and I'm sharing and I'm allowing people to learn leadership and to experience leadership with me. So this is not, you know, a top-down organization. This is really about everyone coming into the space and feeling like a leader and feeling like a co-founder and feeling like a part owner, you know? Girl, talking about legacy right now. You're talking about mm -hmm. leaving your legacy. Yeah. Right? Yes, ma'am. So good. Okay, so isn't it awesome that you had this opportunity to have that situation? Um, there's a t the yoga sayings keep coming up in this conversation. When the student is ready, the teacher will appear. Mm, I think right? I've heard that before, and yeah. I like it again. I still right? like it. So it's yes, like, I it's love like, it. And I'm going to write that down so I don't forget <laughs> it. But it's perfect. Yes. Right. Because you, you had, so this is my belief. Your, um, so your soul like pre-orchestrates everything that's happening past this future lifetimes. And you had to absolutely go through that growth, your evolution of your soul with those, uh, with those groups so that it totally groomed you for what you're doing now, right? It's so good. Yes. Yes. It's so good. And uh, when you were talking about, um, wait, let me go back. Um, so Lisa Sasevich is a coach. Um, she's out of, of California. And when you're talking about trying things, so many things that she said resonated with me so much. Basically, you got to throw stuff at the wall and see what sticks. That's one saying. Okay. Yeah. Another one is you got to pick a horse and ride it. You don't know until you try it. Yeah. <laughs> a parked car is, is parked. There, there's nothing you can course correct or pivot if you're parked. That's another one. And what was the other one that came to mind? Um, 
Oh, I don't know. I, this is maybe a little bit of my, maybe this comes a little bit from my nursing style, but it's like, listen, people, let's fly that plane as we build it. Yeah. You can totally like pick it up and go and, and if this doesn't work, we'll just leave that out there. We'll throw that out there here and then we can pick up this here and we can, Mm -hmm. you know, but I think you have to be willing to make mistakes. And there's, there's a lot of, you know, to me, failure is not trying. So I feel like as long as you're mm-hmm. trying, you're not failing. And you're, you're not failing. Exactly. Exactly. I think no, that's, um, that's very true. And that goes back to what we were talking about, about vulnerability, about courage, right? Um, I think that when, you know, the president of an organization or the president of the school makes a decision to sunset a program that has been entirely successful for so many years and they're going to get rid of that and move into a new program that requires courage because there's a big chance that this may not work there's a big chance that we're going to be the last ethics star but there's also a big chance that we're going to lead the way and we're going to become trailblazers and we're going to succeed so it, it does it does it's just it's exactly what you're saying it's about having courage it's about being vulnerable it's about just going and figuring it out and just you know Trusting that you already know enough, that the answer is already within you, that you have a big enough network of people that you can call on that are going to help you and they're going to guide you and you are innovative and you're resourceful, that everything you really need has already been provided to you. And, you, and with that said, you can just go for it. Amen. And the angel choir says, hallelujah. Seriously. Amen. <laughs> amen. I the mean, people say amen. And, yes. and so it is. Like I totally, uh, my yeah. belief is that um, everything is always provided in the divine timing and the divine order. And so that means like, well, like literally like everything gets to be easy. Like I don't, I don't have to worry. I don't have to struggle. I don't have to like, no. So this has been such a rich conversation. So yeah. can you please tell the listeners, uh, Numa, how they can get into your vortex, young lady? How they can get into my what? I'm sorry, I missed that. Into your vortex, into your sphere, oh, in, into your my- community, into <laughs> your... I don't, know if we're, I don't know if we're allowing everybody into the spirit and into the vortex, <laughs> but they certainly... Are welcome to come find me on LinkedIn. They're allowed into that space, and they're welcome to come find me on Instagram. Um, and in all spaces, I just go by Numa Harrison. It's N Y U M A, last name Harrison. Um, and there's always plugs. If I'm doing anything special, I post it on there. If I'm going to be anywhere special, like I'm going to be next week, then you know there'll be plugs and there'll be flies there. But more than anything, I do enjoy connecting with people and I say you know I use that term very loosely when I say oh they could just find me on social media on LinkedIn or Instagram but which are my two favorite platforms I also have a Facebook one but that tends to be more for my my aunts and my uncles and my mom's friends Um, so for everyone else LinkedIn um, LinkedIn and Instagram is great I do really really appreciate getting to know different people I get to I've really developed and made so many good friends and great opportunities to get to know people and to build really quality relationships. And yeah, I'm, I'm open for it. So come along in, come along in, not all the way into the spirit, but all the way into the space. I <laughs> so love we're it. good. Let's do it. Okay. So for those people that are listening, especially nurses, nursing students, nurses, they're like, listen, this girl here is the founder of the Association of Zambian American Nurses. Like, you know, that's, that, that's a pretty big deal. So what would you say to someone who's listening that's like, well, that's great for Numa. Like, she's a rock star. What, what, what's one little nugget? You've shared so many nuggets. What's mm-hmm. one nugget that you want to leave with our listeners for somebody who does want to be more intentional, who does want to make impact, who does want to say yes um, who maybe is considering doing a little bit more inner work, what, what's a little nugget you want to leave with the listeners today, Numa? I would say just take your time. Take your time. Quiet, uh, the, my biggest nugget, quiet down the noise. And when I say quieten down the noise, um, allow yourself space and time to think away from the crowds, away from, you know, 
from where the big conversations are happening. And I say this even as I, I'm constantly moving and moving and moving into different rooms and different spaces. But allow yourself time to kind of walk away from everything and to listen to what is that idea or that question that keeps coming back to you or that that pain in your side about like, why isn't this being done a different way? Or why isn't there an organization for, for this? Or I wish I had, you know, or is there a way to do this? Or when everyone keeps coming to you and asking you for something, maybe perhaps they're, they're telling you that they see an ability in you to do a particular thing. But it's really important to, yeah, one, Allow yourself the time and the space to walk away and do exactly what, you, what this whole podcast is about, to listen in for the downloads, to let information download, right? It's kind of like not allowing a computer to like download everything. These things take time. Downloads take time. And sometimes it's harder to see it now because technology moves so fast and we move quickly too. But allow yourself the space and the time to do that. And a lot of times the things that need to be downloaded are the ideas that don't leave you are the questions that don't leave you, are the things that people are constantly complimenting you on and they're saying that you do really well with. And that's very different from just, you know, people posting a like and hitting the like button. And these are the things that you feel really good about, that you feel confident in and that you feel gifted with. And it doesn't, ha it's not even about numbers as much as like the quality of feedback that you get from certain people. So the cues are there for what it is that you will do. And there's no hurry to do it. I think everyone now um, wants to make it big very early on in life, but we have a long time. And as we know, as healthcare people, that we're all gonna live for a much, much longer time than people lived you know, many years ago, even 10 years ago. Our life expectancy rate has just grown. So we're going to be around for a long time. So there's no pressure to do everything and to be everything and to, meets everybody's criteria for what's cool or what's popular, what's trending right now. You have time to become everything you want to be. And I think the most important thing is that you preserve yourself so that you can be around and you can do these things for a long time and whatever you're giving back to society will sustain itself and it, that you can keep it up and these things will exist even after you're gone. So enjoy the ride, take your time, get some sleep, preserve yourself, enjoy it, just have a good time with it. And if, it's, if it doesn't feel right, it's probably not right. Something's off, right? So we're healthcare people, we know about this. You know, we say, listen to your body all the time. We have to listen to our bodies, we have to listen to our minds, we have to listen and pay attention to things around you. So take care of yourself and listen to yourself. That's all Nima Harrison has to say today. That is divine, divine. I love what you said about when you take the time to get quiet, the things, um, the things that you receive or that get downloaded are not things that are going to leave you. Yeah. That's another yeah. tweetable. Just saying. Yeah, no, it's, it's true. It's true. I mean, I think that the, the version, I think I, three years ago, I didn't see myself, you know, starting the association of Zambian American nurses, but I always would see, people, you know, um, special aides or caregivers from group homes or assisted living coming into the, the nursing home, um, coming to the nursing home, coming into the emergency room with um, patients that had special needs. And they were many times, you know, from a different country or English as a second language to them, um, had various varying levels of like education or, or certifications or credibility in the profession. And I always used to speak to them and I, and I would talk to people and I would ask them about the work that they were doing or how long they'd been working with a particular patient or clients, you know, whatever they refer to them with. And some people were just so brilliant. Some people were so brilliant and so committed to the work that they were doing and so driven, right? But they just didn't know how. Or they would look at me and be like, oh, it's so great to see you doing this kind of work. And I just, you know, I wish I knew how to do this. But again, like I didn't know that I would be starting the Association of Zambian American Nurses today, but I always knew that there was a particular community that I wanted to serve, that I wanted to give back to. I didn't know three, four years ago that I would really 
make a decision about like heading back to Africa and like making this journey back to Africa. I'm still not there. I'm still trying to make my way there. But I think I've always had a passion for being at home. I've always enjoyed being back, you know, on the continent and working with my communities. My family lives there. I love my family. I'm committed to making sure they have the best health care in the country, that everybody else, that my girls at the orphanage have the best health care. Um, so I think the signs were always there for many of the things that I was going to do, but now it's just really about like doing them and formalizing them and being intentional, it's, which is a great word that you used earlier um, about what it is that we're doing. So yeah, it, they, they, these, it's not by chance. The ideas that come to you have been chosen for you and have chosen you because you're capable of doing them. So just go do it and do it your own way. So, so, so good, Numa. So, okay. So when you were speaking, like I'm seeing a book cover and it's like mm. this woman walking down the Sturt Road. She has like a basket on her head. <laughs> uh, like no pressure. Have you ever thought about pinning a book or three? Um, <laughs> I'm laughing. I'm laughing because I just had this conversation about books. I think I've had this a couple of times um, over the last week. Yes, but I'm laughing at the image because let me tell you what I can't do. I, can't, I have no balance. So that fast of my head wouldn't be happening. I, um, <laughs> I, I drive, I drive really fast. So I'd probably be in a car. I don't know what that book cover would look like but it would be yeah it would be a long road home I don't know what that long road home would look like but and I keep and you know it's so funny Elizabeth that I'm talking to you because I keep repeating this long road home and even that title in itself just keeps coming back to me I keep talking about the long road home so whether that's me on the cover of a book with you know a basket on my head walking down this long road or me flying business class you know somewhere like all the way back home. I am not sure, but I think you're onto something and I'm going to keep pinging you. I'm going to keep relying on you to help keep nudging me because I think it's something right now that is not really at the forefront of my mind, but it is something again that people have asked. It's a question that keeps coming up. So this is going back to exactly what I was saying. When people keep telling you they see something in you, then it's worth paying attention. So yeah. How about you? When are you writing your book and putting all your tweetables and quotes and wisdom in one place? Actually, it'll be published by this time next year. What? Yay! <laughs> I love it. Way to answer, girl. That's right, girl. Actually, uh, I just, I, I set that intention with my accountability partner, Tira yeah. from the NNBA. I got uh -huh. boy Keith Carlson. He's basically going to help know. me. Yeah. Mm -hmm. So that's what I'm doing mine. I, I mean, uh, Listen, I, I, I took it. a course many, many, many years ago, and it's funny that Lisa Sasovich keeps coming up. I took mm -hmm. a I took a course basically how to publish your own book. Good lord, this was like six years ago. Um, and I mean, if you talk about book titles, legit, I have like copious amounts of titles in, in my Evernote tabs in my mm -hmm. in my computer, and um, it's like no, no, no. And it wasn't. Here's the cool thing about divine timing and divine orchestration is that everything really does happen in divine order. And if something mm. doesn't happen when you think it's supposed to, it's because mm. it something that's right. Something way more freaking magnificent that you could even ever imagine is coming down the pipeline. So. Oh, amen to that. I needed to hear that. I needed to hear that. That's perfect. It's perfect. Right. And so that, that thing that you thought you wanted and needed right now just had to like clear the space because something bigger is coming. Seriously. You know, the thing about decluttering, right? Have you ever yeah. had the experience where you cleaned out your kitchen drawer, the junk drawer, your bedside table, your yeah. closet, and within 72 hours, something just seemingly fell out of the blue into your lap? Mm -hmm. if you have I have to write as soon as this conversation is over I have to go upstairs and declutter the laundry because <laughs> <laughs> it's just sitting there waiting for me to be decluttered it <laughs> so once I do that I'll be looking for the big thing to fall on my lap I'm and telling if it doesn't you, I'll be calling you you are going to be this is what's good this is my prediction and I am psychic so anyway you are going to do the laundry room you're going to send me a text message in about three weeks it's going to have something mm. to do 
with a book cover. It's going to be this woman on a dirt road. She's wearing like a silk pink sarong. And yes, because here's the thing about physical clutter, everybody that's listening, that's a frequency. And and your external environment is simply a reflection of your internal environment. And when you have clutter in your space, there's no calm, there's no groundedness, it's all distraction. And it basically, when you can remove the physical clutter, it sends a signal, it sends a signal, a frequency to the universe that says, Hey, I'm ready. I'm ready, ready for the thing, the opportunity. I've made the room. Yeah, exactly. I've made the room. I've cleared the space. Yeah, totally. It's like, hello, I'm wait. I'm ready. I'm ready. I'm ready. Because until you're ready, the universe is going to hold out. Because here's the deal. Your, uh, your soul is the keeper of your mission. And its number one job is to groom you for your big, like your big purpose. Like to, you know, pull out all the stops. And it's going to give you little, little blips on your radar. It's going to give you bumps on the road. And you're like, are you freaking kidding me? Like, for, are you serious? And it's like, mm, yep, this is part of your grooming. And it's not going to pull out all the stops until you are ready to receive the mission. Yeah. Yeah. So keep I'm going gonna, is, is what I'm trying to say. <laughs> I'm going to keep going and I'm going to go keep going to clean this laundry. But it seems like every time I do more, it, I only make room for more laundry. So Anyway, I'm going to have faith, I'm going to be courageous, and I'm going to lead with courage um, and function from a place of abundance, and we're just going to go out here and do some amazing things with the gifts we've been given. So good. So really just thank you so much for your work in the world, all of the impact, the influence that you have made that, that you continue to make. Uh, Numa, this has been, I feel like, now we've never, I forgot to mention in the beginning, we met on social media. We did. Power of social media. Yes, we did. Yeah. And I have just always really admired you from afar. So I appreciate that. That's so lovely. Thank you. Of course. And so kind. Yeah. It's um anyway, it's been such a pleasure to sit down and have have coffee with you and tea or wine or whatever it was. And thank you for sharing your wisdom, your gifts, your encouragement, your influence uh, with the listeners and um, of course, I want to thank my listeners. If this is your first time, welcome to the party. And if you're a repeat listener, seriously, seriously, my heart uh, goes out to you. I hope that this has provided you some benefits. I hope you feel like you're ready to take action. And remember, please, you are created for something magnificent. And even if you don't believe you are, just trust me. And even in the times when you feel like you're not supported, I promise you're completely supported 24 seven. Mm -hmm. And until the next episode, keep taking care of your sweet selves and we'll see you next time. Ciao. Thank you for this opportunity and this platform. Thank you so much. We're so lucky to have you. Oh, you're so welcome. All right, everybody. Until next time. Peace out.